focus. Resetting our focus. Resetting our focus in 2021. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter number 12. We are going to read verse 1 through to 3. Hebrews chapter number 12. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy who set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such oppositions from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Amen. Let's read verse 3 together. Ready, go. Consider him who endured such hostilities from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Amen. The, I like the um, L, LTV version of verse 2. It says that focusing on Yeshua, the initiator and the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame and he has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Focusing on Yeshua. Focusing on Jesus. The beginner and the perfecter of our faith. Amen. If we are going to succeed in 2021, we need to focus on Jesus. Somebody say, I'm going to focus my life on Jesus. I'm going to focus my eyes on Jesus. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say, I'm going to focus my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to set my attention on Jesus. Hallelujah. I said to you on 31st that when you are in a roller coaster ride, when you are in a turbulent um, uh, situation, you must find something that is fixed to focus your attention on it. And if you can do that, the turbulence will not affect you. Others may come out of it disoriented. Others may come out of it and fall. But you will not fall if only you can fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the beginner and the perfecter of your faith. He's not only the beginner and the perfecter of your faith, but it's, he's also the beginner and the perfecter of your life. Life without Jesus Christ is a total loss. For what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 17. The Bible says that not that I have attained, this is Paul speaking, not that I have attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold for that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. 
Quick. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended by one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this in mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have asked for a pattern. Amen. Note my example. Note my example and follow it. Hallelujah. And I said to you that this year, you know, for most of us in this room, this year is a defining year. I guess before I, I got up to speak, I just received an instruction to do, and I'll do it in the next up to 31st, that the next, uh, the next three, four Sundays. I'm going to challenge you, and I'll challenge myself to set some goals for this year. Oh, did I hear you say something? Yes. Yeah, we are going to challenge God. We are going to challenge God. The, the Bible says in Malachi 3 that proved me herewith if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You know, I, I heard the Spirit of God say that the reason why we don't see some things that we need to see is because we are not challenging heaven. We are not proving God. We are not proving our faith. We are not extending our faith as much. We have become so uh, used to the mundane and used to receiving everything we work for that we don't make room for miracles. You know, if you are not looking for miracles, you will never find a miracle. If you are not expecting a miracle, you will never find it. The Bible says the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. It will not be cut short. So it means you have to have some expectation and you have to challenge God until he, pro he proves himself. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says that all these, all these, all these people, they, 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 they proved God, they believed in God, and they were looking for a, a, a country, a nation, whose builder was God. They were not looking for a, a nation that they would build with their own hands. They were looking for a nation whose builder is God. What it means is that they were looking for the supernatural. And that is what marked them out from you and I. That is what made them excellent. The Bible says by faith they obtained a good report. So if we're going to obtain a good report in 2021, your faith has to rise. Or I say your faith has to rise. You have to stop believing, and believing in the, in the uh, wages that you receive. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You've got to stop believing in the wages that you receive. That if I get uh, uh, paid, you know, I'll buy this. If I get paid, there are times you have to buy without your wages. There are times you have to do things without your, your, your bank balance. You have to do some crazy things. Hallelujah. I don't know anybody who is believing God to own your own house to, uh, this year. 
If you are, by the time we, leave, we finish this message, I want you to come into a covenant with God. I'll give you an envelope and say, Lord, I am challenging my faith. I am giving this as my deposit spiritually to own my own house. And then we'll continue with other things. And not only that, we'll keep reminding him. We'll give him no peace until he makes Jerusalem established in a place. The Bible says, you who make mention of the Lord, give him no peace until he makes Jerusalem a place. Am I talking to somebody? This year, we're going to try our faith because we have tried our own work and we have seen that our work hasn't given as much. How many have worked well? You've really worked. Give me a wave. You have worked. And how many know that you have worked but you don't have anything? Am I the only one? You can't account for the work you have done. Because when you look at the balance of your account, your statement, and you look at the amount of effort you have expended, the two don't, uh, don't mix. They don't tally. How many understand what I'm saying? They don't balance. Except the Lord builds a house, the laborers labor in vain. It is in vain for you to rise up early in the morning and to eat the bread of sorrows. But so, the Bible says, he gives his beloved sleep. Am I talking to somebody? So this year, we are going to focus on God. On 31st, I said to you that if you look at the pigeon, the pigeon works funny. Because the pigeon hasn't got, you know, most, most uh, creatures have their eyes, the two, pointing in front of them. Isn't it true? Most creatures have their eyes pointing in front of them. So they can walk forward without any problems because their, their eyes are already focused. They see where they are going and they walk. But for the pigeon, their eyes are facing this side and this side. And the nose is in front. Are you with me? So if it's going to be going straight, it doesn't see where it's going. Just imagine your eye is here and the other eye is here. You don't have balance. So for every step he takes, he has to refocus. For every step, he has to refocus. Every step, he has to refocus. Every, that's why he's always bobbing his head as he's going. Because he wants to make sure that he doesn't fall in a ditch. Hallelujah. In the same way, we have to focus on God. I said we have to focus on God. Hallelujah. Our focus must be on God. As a church, our focus must be on God. Oh, I said as a church, our focus must be on God. You know, I, I discovered something yesterday. I'll, I'll share it with you. Revelation 2. Let's go to Revelation. Now, Revelation, the Bible talks about uh, John received instructions from Jesus himself to the seven churches, right? And uh, from verse 1, quickly, Revelation. See that, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven Golden lampstands. I will show you what, what these two mean. Go on to the next verse. Quickly. I know your works. 
your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And have found them to be liars. Do, they, do we have apostles who are liars? Do we have prophets who are liars? Are they still prophesying and telling us lies? And when the lies don't come through, they find a way to justify why they told us a lie and come up with more lies. <laughs> Isn't it? And you have re- persevered and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have become tired and have not become tired. All right? Read on next quickly. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. So in spite of all the good things that Ephesus, let's assume CICC is Ephesus. Okay? In spite of working tirelessly, throughout the years, in spite of doing all the things that we have done, believing God, we don't tolerate uh, apostles who are liars. We don't tolerate prophets who prophesy lies. We don't tolerate pastors who preach the word which is not in the Bible. We don't tolerate it. Isn't that true? You see, in this church, we don't shout too much because when you are teaching, we we are checking. We are Berean type of church. So we are not interested in the the Lord said, <laughs> no, 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 those, those things don't impress us. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your what? First love. Remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and I will remove the lampstand. Somebody said the lampstand. From its place, unless you repent. You know, when you read the Bible, I keep telling you that me, I'm not very clever. So I like to read the Bible in pictures. When I read the scripture, my first question was, what is the lampstand? And what benefit is it to me? Because if you threaten me, that repent or else, I will take this off you, then the thing that you are going to take off me must be very important. Are you with me? Because if it's not important, then your threat doesn't mean anything. How many understand what I'm saying? So I was wondering, what is this lampstand that he's going to take from me that is so important that I have to repent and go back to my first love or else the lampstand will be taken. Now, for you to understand what what this lampstand means, you have to go back to chapter 1, verse 20. Now, chapter 1, verse 20, he tells us what the lampstand is and what the candlestick means. He says that, somebody say mystery. He calls it the mystery. The mystery of the seven stars. You see, it's mysterious. Anything that is mysterious means that it is shrouded in secrecy. It's hidden. It's not so obvious. You don't see it and think that, oh, this means that. He says that the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my, in my right hand, the seven golden lampstands. So he's going to give us the stars and the lampstands, what it means. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Are you with me? Now, the mystery of the angel of the church is that there are two angels in every church. 
every church that you go to, there's a, an angel which is not physical. And there's a physical angel. Are you with me? That is why every church has a unique blessing. When you go to, uh, there's a church that prosperity is part of them. Miracles or signs or they have prophecies. Every church has an angel. And then there's a physical angel that is the pastor of the church. Are you with me? So it says that the seven stars are the seven angels. That's the pastor and the angel of the church. The anointing that is represented in the church. Because every church has a unique anointing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And there's seven lampstands. Someone said seven lampstands. The seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Which means that if we go back to the chapter 2 and we are looking at the, the threat, it says that go back to your first love or else I will take the church from you. Has God taken the church from us? That is why most churches are on online worship. Because the church has been withdrawn. Oh, I don't think you understood what I said. The church has been redrawn. Why? Because we have gone away from the first love. And see, sometimes the church being redrawn is not the physical church that is being held from having a service, but the impact of the church for your life is redrawn. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because when, when you, you, you go off church, you go off church, you go off church, you're always you're working. When it's church, you are busy. When it's church, you are busy. When it's church, you are not there. You are just, it gets to a place, church leaves you. Because you have left your first love, God has taken the importance of the church from you. God has taken the benefits of the church from you. So Psalm 103, all the benefits that are written there don't apply to you anymore. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And that is because you have left your first love. So when he, he says that remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the works or else, he only says that remember and reset. Remember and reset your focus. Remember how you couldn't wait to come to church. Remember how you are always in church, working, doing your best for the Lord. Remember those, the first love you had. And remember where you are now, how far you are falling, where church don't have it, the same importance in your life, where the star or the angel has been withdrawn. Your pastor's voice don't mean anything to you. The importance of church is taken away from you. How many understand what I'm trying to say? See, unless we refocus our minds, unless we refocus our attention, unless we refocus our love and our passion for God and for the, for, for, for the love of God, for the house of God, those things are going to be drawn from us. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you see, you can be in church every Sunday and it has been withdrawn from you. 
Because the love you have for it is gone. Are you with me? You are still there, but he has taken the love away from you. So you are there. It doesn't make sense to you anymore. That's when you start finding faults. That is when you start making, uh, uh, looking for people who are also disgruntled to become your friends. So you form an association of critics of the church. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's because that love, that, that lampstand has been taken away. I pray that the lampstand will not be taken away from you this year. Hallelujah. Because you know something? The blessings of the Lord is commended at the place of the gathering of the brethren. For there, Psalm 133, the last scripture, the last verse, for there the Lord commands his blessing, even life forevermore. That is commended at the place of his gathering. See, the, the, we, we in, 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 in this uh, uh, day and age, we have become so used to working outside of God's help that we, some of these things don't mean anything to us. So all we do is we go to work, come home, go to work. We have joined the rat race. And that is all we do. Occasionally, we come to church to appease our conscience. But you, see, you can live a life of faith where you enjoy the benevolence of heaven. Listen, it's a very nice place to be. It's a very nice place to enjoy the benevolence of heaven, where heaven takes care of you. Where everything you get is, is, is outside what you earn, what you work for. That is when people become jealous and they, be, they start to say things. Have you not heard people say that uh, to men of God that they are thieves? That they are stealing the church money? When you know for a fact that you never give anything. Because what you give, if that is what the pastor is stealing, then the pastor shouldn't be having what he has. <laughs> oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah, then you become jealous and start talking a certain way. No, the person is living the benevolence of heaven. I'm telling you, it's a very nice place to live when heaven is the one that takes care of you. But that can only happen when you are in love with heaven. When you are in the first love, then the lampstand, the golden candlesticks is given to you. You will see something in the word of God. You apply that thing to just like a key to open the door for it. Breakthroughs and miracles for you. Hallelujah. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. The way Moses operated is dead, is gone. So Joshua, rise, take these people to the place that I have. I have. Moses, my servant, is dead. Verse 2. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan to the land that I'm about to give to Israel. I will give you every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon. Now, how many know that 
where they were going was already a country. It was already established. Where they were going, they were not going to build a house. The houses were already built. They were just going to walk in and possess. When you walk with God, when you, 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 you walk in the benevolence of heaven, you possess things you haven't worked for. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You possess things that heaven gives you. The Bible said, the wealth of the wicked shall be given to. They are laid down for the righteous. Yeah. Hallelujah. This year, I want to walk in some, some crazy blessings. I don't know about you, but this year, I really want to walk in some crazy blessings. I want to walk in some blessings that I didn't work for, but it has been given to me. I want to have some things that I, I didn't get by my own sweat, but it has been passed on to me. Listen, you are one phone call from a breakthrough. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You are one phone call from a breakthrough. Somebody will just take a liking to you and just show you a way. You will do that thing and that will change the history of your life. Hallelujah. Yeah. God will use men to give to your bosom. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Shall men give to your bosom. Luke 6, 38, is it? It says that men shall give to your bosom. He didn't say angels will drop it. He didn't say angels will drop it. He said men shall give to your bosom those things. And so you have to be at the right place at the right time to have a man. Someone say a man. And it takes hearing from God, having that sync with the Holy Spirit to walk in that miracle. It's time to stop this hard work of yours. It's not, it's not all hard work that brings prosperity. Do you know that? <laughs> you know, yesterday or the day before, I was listening to this, um, what's it called? The Georgia debate. The Republican senator and then the Democrat senator were arguing on TV. And the Democrat senator is a pastor. He said that, as for me, I have seen people working hard. I am, and so I am a Matthew 25 person where I, I feed the poor. I give to, you know, the poor and the needy and everything. Not like this woman who has, is the wealthiest senator in the whole of America. You know, and, and the lady was just quiet. And the guy was talking. The guy, so it's like, I, I mean, I, I've seen hard work. I've seen suffering. I've seen pain. This one has a silver spoon in her mouth. And so when they finished, they asked the lady, do you have anything to say about what the man has said? Then she said, Yes, I have something to say. Me, I was raised in a farm. This is a woman. See, I was raised in a farm. And I've lived the American dream. I started a business recruiting people. 
and that business has given me $800 million. You see, immediately I finished. I just, you know, you watch something and just. But later on, I don't know what I was doing. This thing came back to me. How many people have started businesses? Recruiting people and have made 800 million. So that should tell you, it is not the hard work of recruiting people that has brought 800 million. But it's grace. It must be grace. For, for, for uh, this man to be envious of the woman's wealth, do you understand? And even almost insult her for being rich. It means something. And I received an instruction that when heaven is opened, the small work you are doing will make you the richest senator. But when heaven is closed, oh, you work hard. I say you work hard. You will sweat. And at the end of the day, when you check your balance, you'll be negative. But most of us in this room, we work very hard. But when we finish, it's negative. Try something else. Try working in an open heaven environment. Make sure the heavens above you are open. So that your small effort yields a great, a great result. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? As a church, we have to work on hoping heaven so that our little effort, God will breathe on it. Because you see, the little prayer, the little evangelism, the little uh, activity we do, ministry activities we do, it's the same that somebody else is doing. But that person has been blessed with thousands of people because they are operating under open heaven. Are you with me? And then somebody will be working hard, working hard, coming up with different strategy every day and nothing is working. Because you are working under closed heaven. Hallelujah. So this is the time for us to reset our focus. He says that repent from where you are falling. Else I will come and remove the, the lampstand. I will remove the, your conduit of blessing. I'll remove the thing that blesses you. I'll take it away. See, what I'm saying, if you, if you use this, it will make this year a defining year for you. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. For some of us, we'll hear this and just uh, it will pass. But somebody else will take this word and it will change. This year will be more significant than all the years they've lived. Are uh, you getting what I'm saying? The second thing that I want us to do if we're going to reset our focus this year is to stop concentrating on the monster. Someone says, stop concentrating on the monster. How many will agree with me that Satan is more popular in the church than Jesus Christ? Can I calm down? Am I okay? It's been a long time since I came down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I, you guys are not happy with me. I can come. All right, cool. We are more focused on Satan. 
and what Satan can do than what God can do. Our concentration is on the monster. Our concentration is on the difficulty. If you listen to the messages that are preached in church, if you listen to all the sermons, that first, all the sermons, it's about what Satan, how Satan will be crushed, how Satan will not get you. How, no. You need to move your eyes from the monster and fix your eyes on Jesus. You need to remove your eyes from the problem and fix your eyes on the solution. Jesus is the answer. You need to fix your eyes. Take your eyes off your wife. Take your eyes off your husband. Your husband is not a problem. Your wife is not a problem. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. You know, there was a time in Exodus, I think it's Numbers, uh, something happened there. They had, uh, the people were, Numbers 21, they were, they were living, they were not living right. So God sent um, snakes to bite the people. From verse 8. God sent snakes to bite the people. And the people were, as they were walking, they were getting snake bites everywhere. Snake bites everywhere. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fairy serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks or when he fixes his focus on the solution, he shall live. Are, are you getting it? But when they turn their attention on the snakes and turn their attention on how, trying to kill the cobra, trying to kill the, the, the viper, trying to kill the mamba, they are trying to, you know, secure their, their place so that no snakes will come. As they are trying to secure it, the snakes will start biting them. Don't worry about the snake biting you. Worry about looking at Jesus. You know, that snake that is lifted is not as an ordinary snake. It's Jesus that is exalted. If, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It's time for us to lift up Jesus in our lives. It's time for us to lift up Jesus in our, our deeds, in our actions, in our focus. Our focus must be on Christ. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? He said, when he looks at it, he shall live. If you look at the snake, you shall die. Now people have carved ministries out of beating Satan. Ministries out of binding Satan. Ministries out of, you know, spiritual warfare against Satan. I'm not saying that praying and uh, doing spiritual warfare is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But that, that should not take the pre preeminence in focusing on Jesus. He says that he has placed Satan under your feet. How do you look at something that is under your feet when you are supposed to be going ahead? I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. Why do you focus on something that has been put under your feet? How would you move forward? See, the Bible says that he uses fairy darts. He uses little subtle jabs. He uses, you know, that is what he has. He hasn't got anything else. 
So once he is able to capture your focus, that's it. You, you fall not because of him. You fall because you have contravened the order. Are you with me? Because once you focus on him and on everything else, your love for God diminishes. And then he takes the lampstand away from you. And then you become open season for the enemy. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Are you learning something? So number three, the third thing is my, am I doing right, good for time? Sorry? Have, okay. But I'm okay for time. Okay. Identify the things that easily distracts you. So number one is what? Focus on God. Number two is what? Do not concentrate on the monster. Number three is what? Identify their little distractions. How many know that our distractions are usually around the same things? You see, the thing that distracts me, Christelle, it's not the same thing that distracts you. Do you understand what I'm saying? When the Bible says in James, James that when you are tempted, you are tempted out of the lust that is inside of you. So the thing that causes distraction is something that is inside of you. It's something that's in between your ears. It's something that you think about. So that is what is used to distract you. So everybody has their little distractions. Everybody has the little thing that distracts them. The thing that distracts you may not be the thing that distracts me. But we all have things that distract us. So you need to identify the things that distract you. For some of us, you know, when your husband does something, then your prayer life is gone. You become angry. You don't talk to him for months, for weeks, for days. And when you're not talking to him, you don't feel like praying. You don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel... And you see, how many know that when that Satan knows that that is your problem, he will always bring it? Because you haven't passed that test. So every time he comes back with the same test. So you see that throughout the year, out of 12 months, out of 365 days, we will count about 100 days that you didn't talk to your husband. If you like, if you are somebody like that, go back the whole of last year and count how many days you were not talking to your husband. You will see that it's a lot of times. It's a lot of days. And those things are just distractions. Pastor, I don't know why. He's always annoying me. He's always annoying me. And it's like, the husband doesn't know what he does that annoys you. But he's always doing the same thing in different shades. How many understand what I'm saying? Because Satan knows that if I need to take the lampstand away from you, the only way to do it is to bring distraction. And when I bring the distraction, you fall. Because you're already falling. <laughs> the distraction is just a little catalyst. You, are, you already want to fall. You already don't want to talk to your husband. How many were... Okay, I can't say that. I can't ask that question. 
But there are some people, even they go for a long time without quarreling with their husband, their spouse, they want to create a quarrel. I know you won't lift up your hand, but you can lift up your eyebrow. I said that you miss quarreling, so you want to create a quarrel. Lift up one eyebrow. It's only one, it's only one person who is very, very truthful in this church. Sally is the only one person who has lifted up a hand. Eugene, is that what they do to you? <laughs> Brother, bonu. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, he knows that the best way to get you from go, being prayerless is by bringing that type of thing. So he brings it. And as soon as he brings it, that's it. You are, you are derailed for at least a few days. Hallelujah. I pray for you and I pray for me that this year will be fixed on, concentrated so much that we'll, this little distraction will not distract us. It could be anything. Sometimes it could be social media. Because of social media, you can't pray. You are trying to pray and the Facebook is on. Shalola, 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 shalola. Then you see. Then you click inside. And the, uh, they, they put the, what do you call the, the dinner plates with the, uh, what, what's it called? The nice dressings and everything. Then they take a picture. I just went for dinner. Who cares? So that nonsense has stopped you from praying. Then you go in, go in. Uh, uh, then it's like, oh, let me check the Instagram. There will be more pictures there. Then you move from Facebook to Instagram. Then Instagram gives you more pictures. Then it's like, oh, let me, then you, as you are looking through Instagram, you see a TikTok <laughs> of somebody doing something silly. Then it gets you laughing. Then you go into TikTok. Then you start seeing different TikToks. By the time you finish, it's time to go to work. Or it's time to sleep. Or it's time to do something else. So what happens to prayer? What happens to the reading of the word? What happens to you having the love for God? It's gone. But it has been stolen by social media. Netflix. Another demon. You see that? Seven AM. You go downstairs, go and do something, go and do other things. You come back around one PM. Prison break episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. By nine thirty PM, you open the door, they are still No prayer. You haven't even had your bath. <laughs> I'm preaching. Oh. I am preaching. Hey! 
I'm preaching more than you have. If you look at it, I can see the guilt on your face as I'm preaching. I can see that I am healing you. You are distracted from planning for your future. See, the whole year, prison break, give me those series. Suits. What else? Oh, you watch it. Don't, don't let me call you out. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can look away. I'm going to call you. Give me one. Give me one. Episodes. Sorry? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The Wire. How to get away. Don't worry, I'm coming to Aki and Popo. I haven't forgotten. I'm coming there. <laughs> There's some people that they've escaped. They haven't escaped. I'm coming to Nigeria movies. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm dealing with the, the, the American one. Then I come to the <laughs> episode one, two, three, four. Walking Dead. Listen. That time that you are wasted watching this for the whole day, if you used it to plan something, this year would be a much better year for you. If you use it to pray, this year will be a much better year for you. If you use it to read the word, this year will be a much better year than, than it's ever been. Some of us as friends, you can't stay away from the phone. Talk to this one for an hour and a half. Then you go to that one for, for another hour. Then go to this one for another five hours. Then you come back to this one again that you talked to an hour and a half to continue talking. And you finish an hour and a half and then ask yourself, what, have I, what did I talk about? Just gossiping. Hallelujah. Those little things are the thieves that are preventing us from walking into our promised land. Listen, there will come a time where you watch all the Netflix that you need to watch. But this is not the time. Did you hear what I said? There will come a time that you can watch all the Nigerian movies you want to watch. But this is not the time. You know, those people that you are watching, they, ha they have dedicated themselves to work for you to watch. They are working. Making money. You are watching, giving them money. Pastor, I watch from uh, YouTube. Yes, you are, you are giving money. Because you are paying uh, internet subscription or whatever. And that's what they are using to pay them. Why don't you use that time to do something so that somebody will pay you? Or did you hear what I said? It's time for us to move away from the distractions. You know, the Bible talks about Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. The Bible says that Solomon, at the point, was distracted from seven. You know, he calls himself the preacher. In Ecclesiastes, when you go there, it says that the beginning, I, the preacher, I was my father's son. I, the preacher. That's what he calls himself. 
He was a preacher who got distracted. And so he got to a place that he was distracted. His many wives led him away from God, isn't it? In 1 Kings 11, 1 to 10, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, Hittites, and they were from nations which the Lord had told Israel, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts away after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast. Solomon held fast to these things. His love. He clung to the, his love. Go on to the next, next verse. And had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. You know, they say Solomon had 1,000 wives. It's not true. He had more than 1,000. Because the wives were 700. They didn't give us the number of princesses. They gave us 300 concubines. So the 300 concubines and the 700 wives make a thousand. But the princesses, they didn't number. And the Bible says that Solomon held fast to them. And so he was distracted. As Solomon grew old, verse 4, his wife turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father. Amen. Destruction always ends up in you missing the mark. Hallelujah. If we're going to do well this year, we have to be concentrated. We have to have our focus on. We have to have our gaze on. See, how many know that when you are busy and you have a goal and you have something you are working towards, you are disciplined. Give me a wave. But when you are idle, leisurely, then you get distracted. This year, I want you to be disciplined. Have a plan. Have a plan. This, we, are, we are going through a, a series of um, refocusing. You see that we'll talk about every aspect of our lives that we need to put focus back in. Today we are talking about God. Focusing on God. Focusing on the main thing. The main thing. Your word life, your prayer life, your coming to church. Listen, coming to church must not be negotiable this year. Am I talking to somebody? It's not a routine. It's not one of those things. It must be one of the most important things you do. So you schedule it as part of your itinerary. Same importance as going to work. Because believe you me, you come to the house of God, one key will give you more money than working 100 years. Trust me. I remember once my pastor gave me a key just one key. That key has blessed me more than all the years I've worked. Hey, you, you think you, you, are, you are working? I've worked here. In this country, I've worked. Yo, uh, I don't know how many people have really worked. 
but I've worked. At a point, I was working around the clock. I used to sleep on the train in between work because I was a security guard. I was working in the, uh, you know, uh, Ford Dagenham plant, making, yeah, I used to to stand on the conveyor belt. I used to make tanks, fuel tanks. My, uh, what do you call it? Nine to five. Normal job, nine to five. And I had a security job that starts at 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. And apart from, so nine to five security, nine to five, working in the Ford plant. Then I had a key job at dawn in Iceland that I used to do. And I had another key job in the evening that I did. It's working around the clock. I have one hour to transit from one place to the other. So I sleep on the train move from Dagenham to Morgate, where my evening job is. But one key changed my life. That nine to f- uh, that multi-purpose working didn't change. And, and you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the security job you had to clock in. Those times, they give you a key. And the key, the place, the, the size of the place would be like from here to, um, you know, thank God it's Friday. It's a 45-acre plant. And I'm the only security guard there. And so they have keys that every hour on the hour you have to go and open to show that you are not asleep. By the time you go round and come here, the hour, they have clocked it. No, you can't sleep. You think that, oh, I'll go there and sleep. Forget it. Because by the time you walk from here to that place, to that place, to that place, you are walking like from here to the, the thank God is Friday and back, clocking and clocking and clocking with a torchlight, minus something degrees. This small work you are doing uh, this country. You haven't seen suffering before, my friend. But I, I'm telling you, one key that I got in the house of the Lord gave me more blessings than all that. So stop thinking you can outsmart God. This year, reset your focus. Add the house of God as a priority. Come every Sunday to hear something that will change your life. Don't sit and watch Netflix when it's church time. Distractions. Somebody say distractions. I think I'll end with distraction today because my time is up. Hallelujah. Songs of Solomon chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. My dove is in the cleft of the rock, in the hiding places, on the mountainside. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice 
is sweet and your face is lovely. Verse 15, catch for us the fox, the little foxes that spoil the vine. Listen, the little, little distractions, they are not little, but they spoil your life. If the vine is your life, if the vine is your marriage, those little, little foxes, they spoil the marriage. Listen, put the phone down and talk to your husband. You didn't say amen. So it means you didn't hear what I said. Put the phone down and talk to your wife. Put the remote down and talk to your children. Every time. What are you doing on it? Put it down. Put Facebook down and face your husband. He's the biggest book. You haven't finished learning your husband. You are going to learn other people. (laughs) You don't like my message. (laughs) Hallelujah. The little foxes. Listen. The little foxes, they destroy things. When was the last time you had a, a, a conversation with your spouse without TV being on, without you watching your phone or watching your iPad? Just sit and talk. Let's talk. Let's make plans together. The Bible says that two shall put to flight 10,000. Let's come back, come together. This year, what are the plans? Financially, what do we want to achieve? What do we want to do? Let's make a plan. Let's find a way. Let's join our resources. Let's come up with a a, a, a five-point plan to to make this year a much better year financially, a much better year spiritually, a much better year physically for us. Let's come with a plan. Hallelujah. Because trust me, when you work with your spouse, you do more than when you two are working solo. Yeah. Yeah. Work together. Synergize. There is something that you are strong in. There is something she or he is strong in. Work together. Come up with plans. Come up with a vision. Work towards the vision. Don't allow the little foxes to steal away your time. The whole of last year, your face was buried in the phone. What did you achieve? Your face was in Instagram, Snapchat. What did it bring? So this year, let's do something different. You are giving uh, Zuckerberg and all these people money they don't deserve. Why don't you make that money for yourself? Stand to your feet.